Podcast. Me, I'm here with Greg Romero Wilson, waiting for uh, Don and Sean to come. Hopefully, they'll come. Um, and uh, it's going to be a good podcast, as always. Uh, you, you said you're buying tickets for what? Uh, right now, I am buying tickets to see the Foo Fighters in Las Vegas in December. Wow! Now, are you going to drive up just for that show? Yeah, you know, I'll try and book some some spots on Friday and Saturday too, and just uh, make it a weekend of it. So, but I'm going to get two tickets in case the wife wants to come. Yeah. And then if she doesn't, I'll just sell one or invite somebody or whatever. You would go by yourself? I went to Bruno Mars by myself. Wow. I didn't know that. Well, you. you know, a lot of times when I'm in Vegas, I'm by myself, you know? So yeah. yeah, I just get a ticket for myself. So, but this is around the holidays. My wife may feel like coming. So the Foo Fighters know. actually, they had a show in New York and they said like you couldn't get in unless you were vaccinated. And then one of them got COVID. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Then people were that happened here too. That happened here too. They had to cancel their show here because uh, one of the one of their you know you don't know if it's the band or if it's the the the, the um, if it's the band or if it's the the crew member or you know one of their line techs. You know, but obviously with you know close contact protocols, etc. Yeah, but people were calling them the uh, flu fighters. Which I thought that was actually kind of funny. <laughs> that is funny. Uh, but yeah, it's been a, it was a rough week for comedy. We'll just get it off. But we'll just, I mean, Greg, yeah. and I both know, um, you know, we had some friends that passed away. Uh, a good friend, Rico, a guy that like, funny guy, nice guy, just a, a good dude. Like he was always, just always in a like, you know, one of the people you see that's always like happy to see you and, and genuinely happy to see you and you're happy to see him. He's just a funny, cool guy. He, uh, him and uh, they, I guess, Kate Quigley, him and uh, this other comic, Foo, who I didn't know that well. I knew him. I booked him at, at the Dime a couple times. Nice guy, too. And then uh, a bartender named Natalie. They all went out and... Uh, right, which... And, and I hate that this that Natalie Williamson, you know, by myself included, has kind of been uh, forgotten in, in all of this because not many of us knew her. Well, you know? I, I, I literally went online to find pictures of her yeah, I couldn't find one picture of her. One yeah, I, like, I, I, saw, I found one, uh, one uh, like a, a, a an Instagram profile, yeah. but it was private, so I couldn't even look at the pictures to see if that's who they were talking about. One hundred percent. So anyway, so they went out and they did uh, they did some cocaine, and it was laced with fentanyl. And three of them out of the four, Kate was the only one that lived, had to go to the ICU. They were dead on arrival, as far as the cops coming and. Uh, I mean, wow, just a, a huge wake-up call. And uh, the whole comedy community is just like, what the fuck? Um, I know that, I mean, you talked about it, and, you know, you were saying you're done, uh, which I'm is done, great. I'm done. Great. I mean, I'm so happy. About I needed to be done for a long time. I basically quit during the pandemic 
because of all, because who wants to be coked up at home by your, you know, just sitting here? It made no sense. So I basically quit during that. Then I was kind of back partying a little bit, a little bit here and there. And, uh, but, but, you know, and I, and I'll be honest, I, I didn't, well, it, because of this fentanyl threat, I, I, I stop. I would only get it through the most trusted sources that I had. Yeah. And, but now even, you know, but I, I just, I, I, I think I'm done. This is too scary. It's too real. Yeah. You know, and, the, and it, some people are like posting ways to check if it's laced with fentanyl. And I'm like, oh, we don't want everybody being an N- uh, NCIS person. Just, just, just stop. Yeah. I mean, I guess if you're going to do it, it's better than obviously you want to know there's something in it, but it's just, uh, the whole thing is just, is just crazy. Um, and I feel terrible for, everyone involved all the family yeah. involved. uh it's just it's awful the whole thing is it, it really was so very awful i loved rico with all my heart um been close friends with him since uh i want to say about 2006 2007 when i first moved here and uh i think he had first moved to la around the same time we were all at the uh the haha at that time and you know i just he was such a really great you know when i was uh, opening for craig robinson in boston he came out to the show him and his girl and you know they hung out with us backstage and then they went out with us afterwards like he was just a great friend he was a really genuine wonderful awesome guy and yeah it's I, such a heartbreaking thing it's heartbreaking I, i'm sure for kate yeah i'm sure what she's going through so uh mccorkle i don't know if you just joined us but uh, over the yeah. weekend like four comics went out to a party I did some cocaine and it was laced with fentanyl. Three of them dropped dead. Um, uh, and then Kate Quigley is the only one who's, who's, who survived. And she's going to have complications I've heard for a while. I don't know. I've heard all kinds of conflicting things. But, um, man, it's just... Yeah, uh, first she's in the ICU, then she's not in the ICU, then she's going to be okay, then her kidneys are shutting down. There's a lot of information going around. And really, you know, the only one with answers to any of this is Kate. So I'm yeah. glad that someone did survive. because. And here's the thing. I hate that it's being called an OD. They did not OD. They were poisoned and murdered, okay? An OD is when you get too much of something you meant to get and do too much of it. That is not what happened here. They were poisoned and they were murdered. And calling it an OD makes it like it was their fault. This was not their fault. Someone poisoned them and murdered them and it's their fault. And that person needs to be found, tried and convicted for murder, for triple homicide. Uh, I didn't even think about that actually. I didn't even look at it that way. Um, But uh, it's crazy. Uh, the only, I've only done cocaine twice. First, the first time I was, I took some girl that was a stripper home, and she whipped it out and put it on her tits, and I had to do a line. And I'm like, well, you know, when in Rome, uh, you know that. Um, the second time there was like a celebrity. Her name was Rome. <laughs> uh, the second time, this guy that was like a celebrity in my building, he was like, I was like in my early twenties, and he was like this big radio DJ. A good looking guy was on like a couple TV shows. He's like, Hey, let's go out. So we do a line. Uh, and I, I didn't know. And I thought we we're going to go out and like, pick up chicks or something. And then he's yeah. like, hey, buddy, uh, Even after you did the line off of his tits. Well, he told me, he's like, Hey man, I really want to suck your dick. That's what he told me. And I was oh. like, uh, we're at a bar and I'm like, I'm coked up and I'm like embarrassed by this, but like flattered. Uh, at the same time, like, uh, I'm like, Hey man, you know, I'm, I'm into women, but thank you. You know, and blah, blah, blah. You know, if, I, if I was, if I was gay, you'd be the guy yeah, I was trying to like, and then he's like, makes no problem. Then he makes a phone call and this beautiful girl shows up. He goes, how about she blows you while I do you from behind? Uh, <laughs> Ooh, I, that's a tough Then you were like, when in Rome. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I was when like, Rome and me, when Rome's in me. I was like, we're getting closer. Uh, but yeah, that was, but yeah, that was the last time I hung out with Brennan Chow. Um, so, Boom, that's what from Adam, all right. Adam but, beat uh, me to it. Take him down. <laughs> I, I could just see McCorkle waiting. Yeah, I, I, he was loading up. You could feel him loading up for that one. Yeah. So, well, you said he was a good-looking guy, so I knew it wasn't Job you were talking about. So, that, I better know. For the record, it was not Brennan Chow. Uh, but, yes, yeah, so here we are. Uh, man, it's just crazy. Um, well, and speaking know. of famous actors, it looks like that's what filled the, the actor out of New York. Was it Michael T. Williams, I guess his name is? It was Cocaine's Lace with Fentanyl, too? I, I, that's, that's, that's the rumor. I mean, yeah. Man, it's crazy. I like, told my friend, who's like uh, a huge uh, Trump supporter, he's like, this is Joe Biden's fault for learning drugs illegally coming to the country. Uh, like, the, the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, McCorkle, any, 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 any thoughts on this or experiences? Um. <laughs> Nothing that seemed appropriate at the moment. Um, <laughs> yeah, I can, I, can think, I can see that where that was going. I was um, working on a uh, man. I just don't understand why it couldn't have been Brendan Schaub. But then, no, uh, no. Yeah, yeah. That would be terrible, too. Brendan Schaub has affected a lot of people in a very positive way and uh, has uh, entertained a lot of people. And uh, Yeah, I mean, it shouldn't, have, it shouldn't happen to anybody. I mean, this is just, it's pure greed. People out there selling this, selling, selling death in a bag, you know, you know, and calling it, I mean, willingly, I mean, they got to know what they're selling. They got to know that they're like, Hey, good fucking luck. You know, they know what they're putting in there. And they're, so they're, they're committing murder. And I feel, and like, need to I be feel like Greg's talking need... about the comedy clubs that are hiring Shub. <laughs> uh, that's about two. Them? We got two. That's two. Those keeping track at home. So meanwhile, I got one of my favorite, uh, on a, on a, on a, on a better uh, topic. Uh, I, I got a, a really a nice, you know, like sometimes, Greg, you're just in like a mood, you know, you're not having like a, kind of a shitty day, whatever. And a fan writes you a letter and, and, and then all of a sudden you're like, man, this is why I'm doing it. So I got Absolutely. this, I got this uh, DM from a guy. He goes, Hey, Adam, I want to say, uh, I saw your show last, uh, last week night. It was uh, last week, when I, last night when I was in, uh, or a couple nights ago when I was in Vancouver. He goes, uh, I want to say that was one of the best shows I've ever been to. I was a dude at the front. You kept roasting and the stuff you said to me had me in tears. You called me and my girlfriend a lesbian power couple. And that's got to be one of the funniest things anyone's ever said to us. <laughs> like, isn't that great? Like, what a, what a, what a great job. You know, like, I get to call people a lesbian power couple, and it's one of the funniest things. That's what I love about being a comic, Greg, right? uh, is that you could. Hey, you know what? I love those. I, I, sorry, Michael K. Williams, by the way. I got the middle initial wrong. Michael K. Williams um, was unfortunately that. A very popular actor who I, I'm a big fan of, actually. I love his work. You know, obviously not so much that I know his name by heart. But no, I, I mean, he was in the, the Lovecraft series and he was in, in Fantastic in Boardwalk Empire and stuff like that. But back to your point, I, I do, I, I, it's always wonderful when they take the time to tell us that was amazing. That yeah. was Because sometimes we feel like we get up there, we work our asses off, we do this thing that we consider almost a, a magical achievement in doing an hour of stand-up and... And it, it, people are just so like nonchalant, like okay, yeah, good, good work. And it's like it's nice when somebody really takes time and says, "Hey, man, that was that was fucking amazing. You really changed my life for one hour." And and that's uh, and that 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 is why we do it, you know. I had some crazy shows in Vancouver over the weekend, man. This one lady, like the worst kind of heckle for me is when someone's having a good time and screaming things, because it's one thing if someone's like, "You suck," and you just shut them down, and it's like, "Ah, oh, fuck that guy," right? But when someone's like laughing along with you, but yelling things, 
it's hard because you don't want to come across as a dick. Right, because they're like seemingly on your side, but yeah. they are still trying to deflect spotlight to them at oh. the same time. And it does, it is a weird kind of judo flip because it's like, thank you, but a little less, like, yeah. thank you for being on my side, but be a little less on my side. So this one lady kept screaming during my set. She's like, aha. She goes, I have a question. I'm like, what? She's like, did you get a vasectomy? And I was like, uh, I, I had nothing to do with talk. I'm like, what? Like, like what conversation are you having in your, in your head? Uh, by the way, Sean, you did get a vasectomy, right? Uh, yes. Yes, I did. <laughs> why did you? Why did <laughs> How you does that affect your orgasms? I've always wanted to know, like, like does, does less come out? Or is it, does it feel the same? What, what happens uh, after this? It just, to me, it felt like I got kicked in the balls for like eight weeks straight, which was, uh, oh my God. I already knew that feeling from being married. So for like eight <laughs> years straight, uh, like I got kicked in the balls. But no, that's really what it felt like. Like somebody kicked me in the balls for about eight weeks. It wasn't supposed to be that big a deal. I do have a cousin that got an erection during his, uh, during his vasectomy because he was that much of a, horny dude you know yeah. like uh, he goes man how'd you how'd you not get hard during your um you know vasectomy i was like well to start uh they were cutting it with a like razor blade like my balls and he goes yeah but i mean there was a nurse in there and she shaved my balls and everything because i couldn't it was embarrassing i had like a heart on the whole time i was like dude you need to see a psychiatrist or something man like that's not that is not normal or healthy to be getting aroused by someone putting razor blades on your balls. Like, but that's I, know of it. If she, I mean, she might have been, you know, kind of a sexy nurse. I mean, yeah, I gotta yeah. admit, I'm, I don't know how I would listen. The second fresh air hits him, he's like, "Pot of time!" Like, it's like, <laughs> it's like I have to keep him away from open air. The second he's out in open air, he's on. So why did you so, get? You don't wear condoms anymore. Why did I? Yeah. Because I was married to a crazy woman who I was afraid would try to trap me into having more kids and keep me around longer. That's the honest truth. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, it was uh, – yeah, she kept talking about wanting a third kid, and I accidentally said one day, like in a moment of pure honesty, like, you're not locking me up for another 18 years. And uh, that did go over real well, but that was what I was thinking. But, yeah, that was uh, – yeah, I, um, I just knew things were probably not going a good direction. I was like, I'm So you and to- her were doing a podcast at the time? <laughs> it seems like that's when you really let it fly. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, okay. So, but back to again, I can never get a straight answer about how it affects your loads. Are your loads different? Does the orgasm feel any different? Like, what is the difference? Is it? Is there a quantifiable difference? Does anything come out, or you well, just like I've does never, it just like spit measured, dust, or what happens? I've never measured volume or anything, but uh, no, it's just. Uh, everything's the same it just you uh no longer retain the ability to make children i guess like uh that's the uh there's no swimmers yeah, in there yeah i guess Got but it. you still make you still load there's still there's still some yeah everything else is the same now okay. tastes the same and everything <laughs> uh yeah same viscosity same viscosity okay. <laughs> yeah. so yeah and then there was another guy dressed like a pirate in my show like he came in like had an open thing with like a bandana on and like, <laughs> but then like got offended when I pointed out, I'm like, are you gonna make me walk the plank? And I was like, this is a hard crowd. Like I kept making bad pirate jokes to the set. And he looked at me like he didn't know. <laughs> like, I Dude, one time there was a woman in my, in my audience, I was doing crowd work, I was working the whole crowd and it got to her and she was wearing like a hat with a bandana and I was calling her, you know, part of, I was calling her a part of the E Street Band, one of Bruce Springsteen. Ah. I was like, I love it when you play lead guitar in Bruce Springsteen's band. Look at you, you're going to read my fortune, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, after, um, you know, and so I'm doing the, the, and then her friend just yells out, 
she has cancer. Oh God. <laughs> and, uh, now, not her, not the woman with the, she was laughing, rolling with it. Her friend just decided yeah. to yell this out. Yeah. And, and I mean, the word cancer just hung in the air for what seemed like an eternity. And I mean, I talk about a tough show to turn around. It took every fucking fiber in my being to turn that show around because it, it, it altered yeah. the mood dramatically. And it, it was like, and it, that was like, then the woman was embarrassed because yeah. she didn't want everybody to know that. She didn't say it. It was her dumbass friend that, you know, right. you know, she was like, la- oh, was, that was, that was a tough show. And I, it was like at one time there was a guy with a girl and the girl was like, you know, hotter, like, like, a, like, a, like a nine or something. And the guy was like a six. It was a military show, you know? Yeah. I, I was like, how did you get her? What is she blind? And she stood up and had like a cane. She really was blind. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sometimes, sometimes you get the paper a little too close to the porch. <laughs> <laughs> luckily, they were laughing. Um, meanwhile, so we moved, you know, I've been coaching wrestling the past 14 years, started the program, middle school, started the high school program. My wife and I, we moved, you know, an hour and a half away, an hour from the school, like an hour and 20 sometimes. Oof. School's Oof. in Brentwood. We live in like Woodland Hills, Winneka, right? Uh, and I'm like, so okay. three miles in LA, pretty much. So I'm You're like, I'm not going to coach this year. Plus COVID hit. So I, I told the guy like, Hey man, I can't coach anymore. You know, I get $25 an hour or something. It's, it's right. Like, it's too much like, effort for too little return. An hour and 15 minute practice. It's one of those things. I'm like, but I, I love it. I, I've been coaching for 14 years and it was hard because my buddy came in from college. Who's now like this guy, Jason Goldman, my wrestling. He was on my team in, re- in the college. And he like still like the world champion now. He's still wrestling at like age fifty, um, and my uh, and I had him teach a seminar for the high school kids. It was all my ex kids, like twelve or fourteen kids were kids that I coached, and some are going to college for wrestling. It's just hard, you know. But so I'm like, I can't. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to. I'm not going to do it. But right away, I know my athletic director is not hiring anyone else. Right, practice starts in two weeks. He, he calls me up. Hey, Adam, what are you doing? Oh, nothing, just, you know, blah, 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 you know, do another. He goes, listen, uh, you know, you're not, definitely not going to coach, right? I'm like, I'm sorry, I can't coach this year. Uh, you know, plus I have a daughter and getting a babysitter. Uh, well, what if we pay for the babysitter? <laughs> I was like, I was like, hmm, what, what do you mean? He goes, you know what? How about you take her to school and we'll hire two girls. We'll have two girls that are middle school kids and we'll give them credit, extra credit. Uh, and they'll get for watching the baby, watching my daughter, and they and they teach her how to dance, and that. So now I'm coaching again this year. <laughs> like, I was like done. I, was like, All right. <laughs> I, I I don't know. I mean, I, I can't. I'm, I'm so bad at this, dude. Like, I I used to like I used to have a, my ex girlfriend was like a like an alcoholic, like just ridiculous. I come home, she'd be like drunk and. Like, she's like, if you break up with me, I'm going to get naked and walk into the street. I mean, just crazy shit. Like, just nuts. Um, like, accusing me of, like, we were in Canada one time after the show. She got drunk. She's like, you said you had a, gr- a girlfriend on, the, on stage. I'm like, it was part of my act. I'm walking home from Canada. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm like, okay, go leave. All right. So all of a sudden, she comes back 10 minutes later, knocking on the window. You're going to let me freeze to death? I'm like, like this is the kind of shit that I was dealing with. It was just one mm. thing after another. Uh, I bet anyway, she was so hot, though. She was hot. So uh, I was like, so I said, to, I, I was like, all right, it, it's over. I can't deal with it. This is madness. Like you threatening suicide and you threatening to do this and you that. If you break, I just, she's like, yeah, I'm like, you have to leave tomorrow. Tomorrow's the last day. I want all your stuff out of the house. I'm paying rent. And then 
the next day she'd be like, I come home, she'd have like lasagna ready for me. I'm like, okay. And then she's like, listen, I just want to make you one last meal before I left. And I just want to give you one last blowjob. And then like halfway through, I'm like, all right, you can stay. Maybe <laughs> you're so dumb. God, like, it's like dumb. fucking like nine times in a row. I fell for the old blowjob lasagna trick. Uh, if she was smart, she would have one of her friends. If she was smart, she would have one of her friends say she's got cancer when you're throwing her out. <laughs> <laughs> you can stay then. Sorry about that. All right, let's talk about some of the fights that went on. Uh, Derek Brunson, Darren Till. You guys watched it, right? Yeah, I did not. Okay, well, uh, you didn't watch it. Why not? It started way earlier than I thought. So by the time I turned it on, I was like, oh, wait, it's over? Like, but it's on ESPN+. Plus. It's just sitting there. Just scroll down. Oh, yeah. Oh, I hadn't thought about that yet. When I lost my money on Till, I was pretty irritated. So, so you already yeah, – that's what it was. You already – how could you – we all said Brunson. I, I don't know, man. I don't know what's wrong with Till. I did see that uh, that guy named Mark Harley, who's uh, Brendan Schaub's butt buddy, has been talking shit nonstop to uh, – Darren Till, so I'm hoping they run into each other somewhere because the Mark Harley guy, he blocked me on Instagram because I was told him I would slap him um, and uh, on Twitter too, but I was, uh, yeah, I hope him and Darren Till run into somebody or run into each other because he's, uh, yeah, I don't know what his deal is. I don't know who Mark Harley is. Who's Mark? Neither does anyone else, but he thinks he's an actor. Okay, so here's the deal. The fight started, right? I'm watching the fight. I'm with a buddy who I haven't seen in a while, and I'm like, listen, and I'm like, first round, Brunson's going punch for punch and losing. I'm like, dude, if Brunson does this, he's going to lose the fight. He's got to wrestle. The only way he's going to win is going to wrestle. Brunson must have heard me because halfway through the round, he takes him down, and then he just wrestle-fucked him and choked him out every round. Um, but but to very- be clear, he was beating his ass. Darren yeah. Till got one lucky shot in. Yeah. You know, that, that did – and there was a moment where I was like, oh, don't you, Brunson, don't you let him steal that you've been whooping this boy's ass for two rounds. Yeah. And he clocked him one good one. And you saw him going – and luckily he had the good sense to shoot and, and take him back down because that was – he almost stole defeat from the jaws the of victory. About it is like the old Brunson would have got like a dick measuring contest of like – I got, which I'm sure he would have won that too, but, but it's just an ego thing, right? Where it would have yeah. been like, I, I got to beat him in his own game. Or I, he's like, fuck this. He tried to stand up striking. He said, this is, I go to plan B and plan B worked, you know, swimmingly. So many fighters don't do that, McCorkle, right? Like they, they're like, no, I got to beat him. I got to, I got to win him at his game or I got to beat him in striking. It's like, no, just you, do what you, you know, what got you there. Like Ronda Rousey. I used to, I used to tell guys that beat me in a fight, like, um, What's his name? Christian Warcraft beat me up. Then he fights Pat Berry and stands up the whole time and gets knocked out when he could have easily taken Pat Berry down and beat him. He was a good wrestler. Yeah. And I was like, I mean, I was happy for Pat Berry, but I was like, dude, what were you doing? I wanted to prove everybody I had the balls to stand with him. And I was like, well, why didn't you prove to everybody you had the balls to grapple with me then? You know what I mean? Or whatever. Like, it, you know, you didn't come play my game. Then he fights Mitch Real and same thing, stands up with him the whole time. And yeah. I was glad Matt won. But at the same time, I'm like, where was that when you were fighting me? It's just, yeah, like, I feel like you see that a lot with wrestlers. You see that a lot with wrestlers who fall in love with their – want to prove they got a stand-up game and ignore the thing that got them there. Yeah, yeah. Or they – like Bubba did that in his last fight, kind of. Although that guy, Chris Wade, was a good wrestler too. But I think a lot of guys also – it's like wrestling's so hard. And uh, not that striking isn't, but it's just a different kind. And a lot of guys know how hard it is, and they just don't want to go back to it. They don't want to work it. Or they think they're good enough. They think that they've, like, passed. 
That, oh, right, right, you know, right. I'm not just a wrestler. I'm yeah. a, I'm an, I'm an all around fighter now, and I'm gonna fight you. And yeah, I was just glad Brunson took it to the ground because there was just one second there where he, he I, I, I was like, boy, don't you, you better take him down because you're staggering on your feet right now. And then uh, this guy, Patty, <laughs> Patty Pimlet. So they got this new. I don't know, like. I feel like every, Dude, I like this kid, but like every so often Ireland or, or like England, they just throw out this character like, like, like this Conor McGregor or now it's Patty Pimblett where you're like, this guy looks like he was like, it's like from central casting. You're like, it's like, he looks like Scooby-Doo's friend, you know, like that yeah. shaggy guy. Shaggy, absolutely. He does. And then he's, but he's, but he's jacked. You almost don't even know how jacked he is because you're looking at his, at his haircut. <laughs> like, it was like one of the guys in Oasis, basically, who's like on steroids. Um, yeah. and he no, he out. absolutely looks like one of the guys in Oasis. That's a brilliant reference because he absolutely does. Then, then he comes you out. You mean to tell me the guys in Oasis weren't on steroids? I would have thought 100%. <laughs> well, Lord were. knows they did enough fighting amongst each other. They could, yeah. This could be one of them. They used to fight sometimes. You look up Oasis on TikTok, like Oasis fights, on stage – like everyone's cheering for one of them. The other guy goes, that guy's a fucking lazy piece of shit. Doesn't practice. <laughs> like, they're, like they're fighting on stage. Dude, I, was, I, was, I gotta look this up. I want to make a note of that. I want to look that up. Dude, I was at um, Noel Gallagher open up for the smashing pumpkins. Right. And uh, you know, he, he played a lot of his new songs, which he was, it was great, but no one knew them. There's no one knew these songs. Yeah. Um, and then he would play Oasis and everyone would go fucking nuts. Of course. And, uh, I guess he's on stage and someone's like, uh, Dave Grohl from the Foo Fighters, he had, a, he had a petition that he put online to get Oasis back together. And someone's like, Dave Grohl. And Noel goes, fuck Dave Grohl. Uh, I'm starting a petition to break up the Foo Fighters. They were the um, Diaz brothers of rock music or something. They, they really are. They're so fucking funny, those two. And they were, they were so talented. It kind well, of you know, the Robinson brothers did the same thing over at the Black Crows. They would argue and fight all the time, too. Then they'd break up, and then Chris Robinson would go out on his own and basically yeah. do a replacement Black Crows set. And now, now they're old, and after the pandemic, they're so happy to be playing again, they're putting on the best shows of their lives. They toured together, by the way. Oasis and the Black Crows. That must have been the funniest fucking tour. And wasn't it called the Brothers? Brotherly love tour? I yeah. think it was actually the brotherly love tour. Um, I anyway, went to a, a Chicago concert once with a sign that said "Where's Satara on it," even though it was twenty years after he left the band. <laughs> and uh, I don't think anybody got it. <laughs> where's, uh, where's Peter Satara? This so, Pimlet kid, though. I mean, you know, he's pretty wild. And Vanderine, Vander, Vanderamini. Yeah. I thought he caught him a couple times. There was yeah. the first half of that round. I thought I was like this Pimlet kid. He's gonna get knocked the fuck out. He's too wild. He's leaving his head way up in the air. Yeah. Vendramini, but the kid's got a chin because he ate some of those shots, returned fire, and knocked this kid out. I feel like they brought that kid in though to like showcase Patty, and it almost blew up in their face. So I thought they they kind of tailor him. They picked that kid because like we need a guy that's gonna stand and trade with them and get knocked out, which it happened luckily for them. But I think if he goes up against a wrestler or a smarter fighter, he's got to learn to keep his chin down. Because if it, I yeah. mean, his chin was way yeah, he was just, he was hanging up there like a lantern. And he he kept getting plugged. But I mean, he 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 ate those. I got to give it to him. There oh, were several of those that I was like, "That's it. 
No, oh wow, he's still standing. Oh, well, plus he has that stupid haircut where like every time he gets hit, his hair goes flying. His hair would fly. So <laughs> it, it looks like he gets probably rocked a lot worse than he is getting rocked. I don't days. know. He was taking some pretty good shots. I got to give him points for having a good chin because he because it was hanging out there and it was getting clocked. But then, he managed to return fire enough to 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 knock the other guy out. And then that guy Tom Espani, this guy Tom Espinal, I think is his name. He's Espinal, guy, yeah. They're making him out to be the next big thing. He's he's a heavyweight. He went out and just ran through that dude. Uh, yeah. I don't but know. Spivak was, what was he, on one week's notice? He looked like shit. He looked, he looked fat. I mean, I yeah. hate to say it. He looked really soft. He looked like he had one week's notice. I mean, essentially, if that fight had gone any differently, that would have just looked bad for Aspinall because he, which, by the way, Aspinall sounds like an ass cream. Let's be honest. Like, know. it sounds like, like, like aspirin for your butt. That's what it's yeah, I don't know how good he is. I mean, he obviously looks great. He beat Arlovsky. He beat this guy. But I want to see him get tested. I want to see if he can come back. I want to see him get a better grappler. But right now, he's looking like a world beater. Uh, yeah, and listen, good for Spivak. He got a check out of it. He got to stay active and everything. But he was clearly not ready for that fight. So according to Michael Bisbing, Darren Till came into the fight. Uh, he tore his ACL 10 weeks ago and still fought. I mean, look. I tore my ACL. That's one of the – you can't fight after tearing your ACL for 10 weeks. It, you're – there's no, there's no way. I mean – Well, there's also very different levels of tearing. He could have dinged it and still been able to, to fight. Yeah. There's a difference between dinging it like a partial tear and a complete tear. Complete tear you cannot fight on. But a partial tear – because that's happened to me before where I had a partial tear and the doctor was like, look – we don't need to do surgery. It's just a, a partial, it's a slight tear. You're going to be fine. You just got to rehab it and take some time. So that can be true. I don't know. That, that's still going to fuck up your double legs. It's going to fuck up shooting. It's, it's going to fuck up your movement. Um, if that's what happened, he should have pulled out of the fight. Uh, well, a lot of times you need that check, baby. And, and again, you know, he wasn't getting beat, I don't think, because of his knees. He was getting beat. He was just getting beat. Yeah, I mean, he, didn't, he, didn't Brunson, he didn't have any takedown defense, though, also. I mean, Sean, what do that's you think? That's true. That's true. Well, the guy like Till that kicks a lot, too, it depends on, you know, I, mean, I guess really either knee. It could really mess with you. It can mess with your cardio, too, because if, if you injure your knee, even if it wasn't terrible, but he had to stay off of it for a month or two, um, you know, or whatever, that can really uh, – Yeah, no cardio work. I, I would think, unless, you know, Greg's right and he's, he needs the money, like uh, some guys spend money like they are just got another check coming next week. When they fight, you know, which is crazy because you could get hurt and be out two years. You never know, you know. But uh, if he needed the money um, or didn't want to pull out of the main event or it even can happen sometimes. I had certain fights where I dislocated a rib two weeks out. And I was like, well, it'll be fine by then. But it wasn't fine by then. But by then I'm not going to pull out. You know, I'm oh, three days out from the fight. I'm not going to tell him, oh, yeah, I dislocated a rib two weeks ago. Sorry. I, you know, like should have told you so. Maybe he thought uh, thought it felt all right and could do it. And nobody knows but him. But uh, I mean, business. Yeah. So, and then there's guys like Chael Sonnen that would walk in with a uh, Chael Sonnen got a broken neck and would walk in like he's you know once he signs a contract he's going in. So yeah. Bisping also made a really good point that he should be at 170. He's like one and four at 185. He's obviously not doesn't have the knockout power that he had at 170. Um, and uh, look, cutting weight sucks, but he's a, he's an undersized 85 pounder. Um, so I agree with both those things that Michael said. Um, so I'll tell you who looked really good. Uh, and I had her on the podcast and uh, Meatball Molly. Uh, Meatball Molly came out guns a blazing, like a fucking, like something, something just snapped in her. There's certain times you see fighters just snap. They, they hit their, their zone. 
Tisha Torres in the zone right now, um, but she looked great. And then Khalil Roundtree, who I feel like they got, a guy that just got knocked out. Khalil Roundtree was due for a win. It looked like this dude was scared shitless. Like he was running from Khalil Roundtree. Like he did not win one second. Well, that explains why Roundtree blew, <laughs> knocked his leg off his body. <laughs> quit, so he, quit he running that. from me. That was the scariest. Talk about now that guy blew out ACL, MCL, ICL. You know that 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 knee is going to have to be completely rebuilt. Sean, you, see, you know what I'm talking about that that, that kick. Yeah, I saw. Yeah, I saw the kick that messed the guy's knee up. Yeah. Now there's a big debate right now. Michelle says that kick should be outlawed. Uh, other fighters are saying, listen, uh, other people are saying, well, look, I mean, punches can knock you out. This could do that. that could, you could break someone's arm. Do you think that kick should be outlawed, Sean McCorkle? Uh, I mean, I would like to see it go, man, because it's, uh, you know, people say, well, a real fight could do that. But in a real fight, you can kick people in the balls and stab them, too. So there's a lot of things you could do. But it's, uh, I, I think it's going to end very few fights, but injure a lot of people, you know. So it's not like it's the arm bar where you're finishing the fight or something. And it's just blunt force trauma but i mean then how are you going to call it like anytime you kick a guy and he hits the wrong angle and buckles their knee you know like are you gonna call that you know i mean it's uh i don't know i would like to either see it be like that or just include those let that be legal and go back to like pride where you can knee on the head and kick to the head on the ground you know or whatever like make it one way or another um you know either make it safer or make it like a, just a real fight it's whatever they want to do but um, I don't see, I mean, I see a lot of people, I think the people, complaint people have is you could be out two years on something like that, maybe longer if they kick your knee. And it's not like, I guess it's a finishing move, but you know, not like, uh, always it's just when it hits the right way, you know? So yeah, yeah. Well, and that's, that's what I'm saying. I think this, the angle that he caught it, cause I mean, keep in mind, this is similar to what John Jones has been doing to people's knees, you know, yeah. his entire career. He would do that sidekick right on the top of the knee, you know, right there where it connects to try and knock it off. He did this over and over again, over and over again. Now, this guy, he came down a little sharper on the kind of a downward angle that really just bang, knocked that sucker out. But I mean, you know, I, I think it was it was it was uh, about the angle and just the way he was angled. Like a lot of things came together just right for that to happen. Because I don't think if if you can do that every time, everybody just be doing that. I think. I mean, I think if you got fighters saying, a guy like Vince Pichel saying this should be illegal, if fighters are saying it, you got to listen to it, you know. And because uh, it's one thing for me to say it. Maybe I'm not the one. But it wasn't a direct strike on the knee. Again, it was like right above it collapsing but yeah, but like down. The, I mean, look, I mean, they outlawed 10-6 elbows, right? People are mad about that. Or uh, So I guess you can call it like that. You're right, Sean. Like exactly what angle do you – there's going to be confusion there. But at the same time, I mean, how many guys do you think – I think you have to get, you look at the numbers, right? Like how many yeah. fights have there been? How many strikes like that? How many career ending? What's the what's the average time the person is out? How many torn ACLs? How many torn MCL, LCLs? I think if you just do the stats, and the stats are like okay, one in a million, then say no, it's fine, right? But we're saying, but if you, go, if you look at the stats, you go, well, out of the X amount of strikes that this, this is what happened, and you go, well, ninety eight percent of times you land that thing, the guy's gonna be out for. You go, all right, fucking do it. You gotta look at the actual numbers. To actually make yeah, I know, but I feel like, you know, when it comes to MMA, I mean, you, anything could be a career-ending strike, you know? I mean, you know, yes. you, you, and no. you can knock somebody's eye right, you know, into, into oblivion. I mean, it just, there's, 
I, I don't know. I don't see where this is. I, I've always thought the knees should be uh, a little better protected in terms of the rules. But, I mean, I, the, I don't know. I, I have a little trouble seeing where this is going to get outlawed. But, you know, and that's thing, I mean, Vince, love Vince. Great fighter. Nice to see him fighting at the level, that level that he's back to right now. I love his focus. Um, but, you know, is he the only one that said this? I don't know. I, I, I would like it. If they're going to get rid of that, I would like to get rid of inverted heel hooks because – Inverted heel hook, you don't. It doesn't hurt until your tendons and ligaments snap. You know, so you don't know you're in trouble. I mean, you know from the position, but you feel like you can get out until everything rips. A regular heel hook hurts a little bit beforehand. Uh, the other one, until your knee pops, you don't. You don't feel like you're in danger. So if they're gonna get rid of that. They should probably get rid of those too if they're trying to. See, and if you start career. doing that, then the case can be made. Well, then we should take out this, well, well, and then we should we take ask, out that. Why don't we? And ask then it's like, like when, how much to... regulating? I mean, we're looking at this in the NFL where they've regulated the shit out of it. People don't even know how to tackle anymore because it's like can't hit them high, can't hit them low. Got to hit them in the middle, but not from the. You know, it's like you know, it, it becomes an overregulated situation, and I think MMA is as regulated as a sport that is mixed martial arts needs to be. I mean, you accept certain risks going into this process. Well, why don't we ask the legends? Don Fry Jr., what are your thoughts on this? Should it be illegal? Absolutely. The only thing that should be illegal is not being able to have a meatball sandwich in between rounds. That's the only thing that they need to You need to be allowed. Everything else should be allowed. In fact, I think you should, everyone should be required to bring a pair of pliers and a wiffle ball wow. <laughs> filled with thumbtacks. That's Wow. That's crazy. That reminds me of my when I was in high school at my boarding school, this kid used to beat the shit on me. My roommate would always pick on me. I was like 84 pounds. He was like 160. So I like put thumbtacks all over the ground. And I was like, your mom's a whore. And he walked in barefoot and stepped on all of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, I was kind of a mean kid. Uh, so, Hector Lombard Jr., what would you, what would you make illegal? Uh, you know what I make illegal? I make the Democrat, the Democrat, the, the elite, they should all be illegal. All of them, everything they do, they try to make us a little sheep and a little mama ma. I do think they the outlaw them and they bring Trump and make him king for life. King for life? Wait, how should that be legal? King for life? We want That's a king? the only way to make to stop the elite, the elite, the Jew. <laughs> I noticed I noticed Greg's Hector is getting way better with each week. It's getting more and more lifelike. <laughs> All right. All right. So, it, it's the Jews. I thought you said it wasn't the Jews. You said it was the Romans. It was the Romans, you said. Not the Jews, the Romans. The Jews, the Romans, the other You can't trust the nobody. Okay, that's it. All right. Very good point. Very good point. I elect my side chick. My side chick, she should be president. She making the pussy rule. Pussy rule everything already. She making the pussy rule. Pussy rule. All right. Okay. Thank you, Hector Jr. I think that's your side chick will be the president. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. I like it. I like it. Thank, thank you, Hector. So Jorge Masvidal is now threatening Jake Paul. Uh, he wants to box Jake Paul. Uh, he says that Dana White might give him permission to do it. I mean, another guy who's didn't worth- Jake retire after his last non-fight? <laughs> no, he he unretired. Uh, oh, still a one, still a one seventy pounder who fought at one fifty five. Like we're just not going to go against anybody. <laughs> He's thirty pounds. 
He's picking guys in MMA that are 30 pounds younger. 30 this pounds is bully beatdown. It's bully beatdown. This is so stupid. But he's the bully. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I still think Masvidal would win this fight. Uh, I wish he was MMA. I wish he would actually fight in the sport these guys compete in. I wish he would fight a boxer. <laughs> one that's his own weight. One real, one real fight. One real fight. Versus an actual boxer, your weight. <laughs> but anytime anyone says that, he goes, but I'm, I'm, a, I'm a YouTuber. I'm just a Mickey Mouse guy. Uh, like, so, and- oh, is that right? You're a YouTuber. Is that why you're getting paid billions of dollars for boxing? You know, and that's the other thing. It's like, you have these fucking fights. He's like, next up, I'm going to fight this guy. He's the world's number one woodworker. <laughs> this guy. He's the woodworking champion. After that, I'm going to. I'm going to take on this guy. That he's a DJ. Oh, my God. This guy's the best DJ. I'm going to kill. Like, it's like, fuck you. Fuck this shit. You want to be a boxer? Fight a boxer. Let's see. You want a record? Fight him. You know, it's so dumb. So this week, speaking of boxing, uh, Holyfield is fighting Vitor Belfort uh, this Saturday night because it was supposed to be Vitor Belfort versus Austin La Jolla. <laughs> Dale Hoy got COVID. I guess people thought he was sniffing all the time. I thought it might have been this coke. Pro- it was not. It was not coke. It was COVID. Sure. Um, I'm sure that's what it is. So, uh, other, so Vitor Belfort, uh, allegedly, people said Dale Hoy wasn't training that hard. But anyway, so now they had to, they moved the fight to Florida because LA wouldn't sanction the fight. They said, no, Holyfield's like 60 years old. <laughs> <laughs> like he's, but now they're fighting this Friday, this Saturday, I think it is. Uh, Friday or Saturday. Who do you think wins, uh, McCorkle, Holyfield or Vitor Belfort? Uh, I think Holyfield will win because I'm going to bet heavily on Vitor Belfort. Because <laughs> Boom, right, count it. Write it down no, right like, now, It's everybody. hard to find a more sure thing than Vitor Belfort beats a 60-year-old Evander Holyfield who can't even get a license. But because I'll bet on Belfort, I guarantee you Holyfield will win. Without question. Uh, now, uh, who do you think wins, Greg Wilson? Uh, uh, Holyfield. <laughs> Holyfield is still a master boxer. His brain's still there. He's still – now, he's old as fuck, but Vitor, he's not a boxer. He's an MMA guy. And when you can't use your feet and you can't, you know, grapple, you can't – I mean, it's, it's very disconcerting. I don't care how much you try to focus on your boxing. You're coming in against a world-class boxer. I mean, people, now, people, Evander Holyfield was undersized for a heavyweight, but I still think he's got enough size and enough knowledge to piece him up. I think this fight only goes as long as Holyfield wants it to well, go. People forget that, like, uh, Larry Holmes fought Butterbean, and this is when Butterbean was knocking everybody out. Butterbean was actually a pretty good boxer. I mean, he beat anyone who was he, like – he beat a lot of guys. Uh, but when he fought Larry Holmes, who I think was like 20, pounds old, 20 years older than him, Holmes pieced him up. Because, yeah. like I said, it was a real boxer versus – I mean, it, both of them were real boxers, but Larry Holmes like elite of elite, one of the best ever. Uh, is that going to – and then also, um, remember that guy who was the bare-knuckle champion? I think um, – not Shannon, the guy that was uh, Bobby. You know, you know what I'm talking about, right? The guy uh, – I know you're talking about – I can't remember his name, but I know who you mean. Um, he was like the Italian of, kid, right? Yeah, he was a king of bare-knuckle. Like, he was yeah. – on like, on like, he was like 120 and 0 – I'm like, but he would fight like a weird airport hangers against like, <laughs> anyway, when he actually fought Roy Jones Jr., he got destroyed. Uh, and he was also, that guy was also a real boxer. So maybe, um, maybe 
were right, and Holyfield should beat Vitor Belfort. Now, that being said, Belfort's going to be roared out of his mind. He's going to come in, like, fucking jacked. He is younger. He's still not in his prime, but a lot more in his, closer to his prime than Holyfield. Does he have one or two rounds to just, you know, catch Holyfield and just blitz him out? It depends on if Holyfield's been training at all, too. I don't know if he was in training anticipation of fighting or if he's off the couch after 15 years. That depends. That, too. that is, that, that is true, sure. and that is a good point. But, again, all those uh, – all of those – you know, having the steroids and everything are very beneficial when you can grapple a guy and get on top of him and, and, and bully him. But in boxing, you know, I mean, it's only as good as your ability to put that glove on the guy's face or into his body. And if this guy, I mean, again, you're talking about a world-class well, boxer. Me, me and you have never done steroids, but someone else may have. Uh, does steroids help? <laughs> John, do steroids help in boxing? It depends on what you're taking. If he was taking EPO... Um, He'll have much better cardio. If he's taking Winstrol and Anivar, he'd be more explosive. Like, the muscle fibers fire faster and don't tire as quickly. But uh, it makes your red blood cell count increase, which helps your cardio, too. But if you were, like, taking Trembolone before you, before you fought the world's strongest man and didn't realize that Trembolone will make you have, like, bad cardio if you're just walking up a flight of steps, that could be a problem, too. So. Now, when, I'm, Sean, when, I, when I met you the first time, and Sean drove three hours to watch my show, and we had the best, we were in my, first time I met Sean, he drives like three hours, he comes to my hotel room. I don't know, who, I, I, we just I start laughing, having the best time ever. Uh, <laughs> we, when we go out at night, he's wearing an affliction shirt. He's like six, seven, must have been like 6% body fat. Just fucking jacked, right? And then, like I said, I, I told the story before, someone bumped into this nerdy guy, a college kid, and Sean took the guy, lifted him up, and goes, I will kill you, I will beat your ass, and then rape fuck you. And, and then, like, <laughs> like, the guy, like, fucking ran away. Like, I've never seen fear in my life. And I go, I go before that, I go, Sean, because uh, Sean goes, I'm on 12 different kinds of steroids right now. <laughs> <laughs> and I go. But I look fabulous. I go, Sean, uh, do you, does that give you road, road rage? She's like, no. He goes, Adam, I'm the nicest guy you'll ever meet. He sees that and runs into that guy and tells the guy he's going to fuck him in the ass. Then after the bar is over, over he has a gun in his car, right? He, but that's irrelevant, this. He spends, I go, how was your night? He goes, I spent six hours looking for that kid. <laughs> like in the car. <laughs> Driving around looking for this kid. Uh, like it, in his pickup truck. Well, to fill in a few of the blanks, this real nerdy kid. <laughs> Like came up to me, told me, "Oh my God, you're my favorite fighter." And I was like, "Oh, really?" I thought he was just saying that. Like Adam put him up to it. And he pulls up his Facebook page, and he had me as his cover photo, which was a little bit sad. Like at least pick a really good fighter. But um, he called his mom to tell her like that he met me like on Facetime. It's like saying, "No, I'm really here with him." And so he goes over, accidentally bumps into some guy. Looked like he's on the college football team. A group of them, bunch of douchebags, and the guy draws back like he's going to hit him, which makes the guy spill his drink covering his face. The nerdy kid. And everybody starts laughing. And he, like, starts crying and leaves the bar. And I snapped, man. Like, I can't stand a bully. Like, I, God, I went. I have been that bad maybe three times in my life, man. Like, that was, like, I cannot stand. No, he made a beeline. The, by the, by after Sean threatened the, to fuck the guy in the ass, like, the bar was over. Like, the music stopped. Like, <laughs> it was like, wait, let's see if this actually happens. Dude, what would you have done to him if you would have caught him that night? Uh... I'd probably be in prison right now. Like I was, dude, I was beyond the steroids probably weren't helping, but uh, I was, I had lost it. I saw him do that to that little kid. And like, I mean, yeah. the kid couldn't have been 
95 pounds, just bullying a kid for no reason who did nothing to him. And I saw the kid like start crying, get embarrassed in front of all those people. And uh, I snapped, I would have beat him probably to death if I'd have called you, him. You were was, leaving for like, and you were leaving for like Poland the next day. Yeah, right? like, like I was, I dropped, the, dropped Adam off at his hotel and went for another three or four hours. So really, you'd probably be living in, so really you'd be living in Europe right now. That's <laughs> probably, yeah. Probably would have stayed over there uh, fighting extradition. Yeah, well, I was. Uh, were you really on twelve different kind of steroids? Uh, at the time, I was on probably HGH, Anavar, Winstrel, and Masteron and testosterone. Probably those five. Let's say. Now, when you're training, amazing. Now, when you're training against guys, do they not want to train with you because you're just throwing them through the roof? Uh, well, nobody ever wanted to train with me because I was always so much bigger than everybody. Um, but as far as. Uh, I, yeah, I never really had any trading partners. I was, guys, it's kind of the way it is MMA. If a guy's way better than you standing up, he only wants to train stand-up with you. If he's way better than you grappling, he only wants to train grappling with you. So I would end up boxing with professional boxers and getting beat up the entire time because I can't, couldn't even touch them. And um, I always had to remind him that if it was a real fight, I could murder them, so they need to take it easy. <laughs> sometimes they, uh, they'd get cute and start trying to light you up, you know, or whatever. And I'd be like, dude, if you want to fight for real, we can fight for real. I'll just take the gloves off, and it'll be last about 10 seconds, you know. But um, – yeah, I would end up grappling with really, really good grapplers, which was to my benefit other than the brain trauma. But uh, a lot of the – to box, I had to, a lot of times use professional heavyweight boxers, which was a joke. I mean, I was just getting blasted. Uh, the good ones will work with you a little bit, but you still can't hit them. I mean, almost at all. So, so uh, and, and, and another crazy news. So Stefan Bonner posted on, on uh, his Instagram – uh, you watch the video, Greg? A little bit of it. He's like, I'm trying to go to my doctor. I didn't understand what was going so, on. I, was... I think because I, I, I talked to him. He seemed like he's, he's doing a lot better. I talked to some other guys who reached out to him. They went and saw him. From what I understand is he's in a lot of pain. He's got a, he's in a, he does pro wrestling, hard in the body, all the years he did. I mean, just training like a maniac. And they put him on like some heavy painkillers. And now they're not giving him anymore. Maybe he was doing yeah. what he should have. I, I don't know. I actually, man, I actually talked to him and felt much better after I did. His, uh, he seemed nuts, but I've been in that position before. When you're on a pain management contract with a doctor, let's say they're giving you three Percocet a day, which is nothing if you're Stefan Bonner or my size. That's what they give me. If you get your leg cut off with a chainsaw, they'll be like, nope, you're on pain management. Take your pain pills. You're like, no, no, but I have like a serious injury. Sorry. Like if you go to the hospital, they just think you're looking for pills. You just want yeah. to get a prescription. And it's like they don't even give me enough to make me comfortable, let alone if I, but he broke a vertebrae. I guess in his back and can't have surgery yet. And so he was saying, Hey, I took all my pain pills because like I'm in agonizing pain. Can you guys do anything to stop the pain? And they're like, if you're on a pain management contract, that's all you get. It doesn't matter what you do yourself, you know? So oh, they, yeah. they only want to give it to you after surgery. If you have surgery, they don't want to, the note just use your pain management stuff. They're like, well, normally I'd be taking 12 a day after surgery. They only give me two a day. I'm like, sorry, you're on pain management, you know? So I think he was just, I think he was just frustrated, man. Like tell him, listen, I'm really hurt. You know, like, I think he also doesn't realize how big he is, too. That's also yeah. – I think with guys like you or Mayhem or him, like if a, if a guy that was like 120 pounds showed up and started, you'd like, go home. But when Stefan Bonner shows up, you're like, <laughs> you're like what the fuck? Because um, I text them, like, hey, man, I love you. You know, if you need anything. And then he texts me back, listen, I love you, too, but why are you such a big pussy? You're and then they started, like – Roasting me, he goes. You gotta say you look like a methed out crackhead. Like I'm like, listen, asshole. <laughs> so <it's> like, <laughs> but uh, but Bonner's my guy, and uh, I'll always you know root for Bonner. I hope, <laughs> hope I hope he figures out how to like. I, I can only imagine you know some of the pain he's in, and then try and then not having the pain. It's, it's got to be the worst. You can't sleep. You can't that. You can't. I I know when I got 
hooked on Ambien. I couldn't sleep. And someone said, hey, here's some Ambien. And my therapist gave me Ambien at, at the time. And then I started sleepwalking and uh, eating everything in my house. I was like not remembering conversations I was having. I was typing shit. I was just doing all kinds of crazy shit. Um, and that's why you look on the internet. You put people, you, people get in their Ambien car. zombies, yeah. Yeah, but I had to get off it because I was scared. That's, you know, so, but getting off Ambien, you would, I would sleep for, and I'd wake up and like, oh, I had eight hours of sleep. And it was like one minute went by. Like every, yeah. every night I'm waking up four minutes at a time, like six minutes. It, it was mm. beyond horrible. Um, and that was, I took, you know, I took two Ambien one time on a plane going to Australia and looked over and Tom Erickson was with me. And when I looked over, he had a gladiator helmet on, like <laughs> looking at me. And I was like, why is Tom Erickson wearing a gladiator helmet? And then the magazine in front of me came up out of the slot and started spinning around and like turned into like a chicken, like, or whatever. And I was oh like, my what is God. going on? I was tripping bad. But then I got, I woke up after like six hours and was going to take another one. So I could fall back to sleep. So it's a 20 hour flight. And someone stole my Ambien. So someone got in my bag while I was sleeping and stole my Ambien. So uh, I put on Facebook, on a flight to Australia, someone stole all my Ambien. So I got 18 hours left. I don't know how they sleep at night. And, <laughs> That's a good joke. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a wild guess and say it was the flight attendant. Who <laughs> <laughs> was like, okay, if this guy turns into a zombie, we can't control him. So we better just have him awake. Dude, my ex one time, I had sex on Ambien and I didn't know. And the next morning, my wife, my wife, my ex was like, hey, sex was amazing last night. I'm like, we had sex. And she got so fucking mad at me. <laughs> She's like, <laughs> I was like, I don't know. I don't know. But you see sometimes people. Tweeting. And the worst part is that was the best you'd ever done. So Seriously. she knew. She was only upset because she knew you could never repeat. You're not, you're not kidding. <laughs> you're, you're honestly not kidding. Uh, Maybe right. she stole my Ambien. So, uh, <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> so fights that are going on. Um, so uh, this week, there's some good fights going on this week. I'm going to tell you them right now. Good Bellator fights, good UFC fights. Uh, Anthony Smith is taking on Ryan Superman Span. Uh, I like Ryan Span. He's a good dude, really good guy. Learned how to fight was like at like 22. Like his brother was a pro boxer. He would just roll with his brother to the, to the gym. He's like, hey, you want, you want to get in here? And then now he's like one of the top guys in the world. It's crazy. Hmm. Anthony Smith. Uh, also, a great fighter. Uh, remember that time someone broke into his house? He said that was his toughest yeah. fight, actually. Somebody that was like a mess. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, that should be a good fight. Uh, Anthony Smith, Ryan Spann, um, not huge names, but never in boring fights. Um, you know, Anthony Smith, though, I mean, is it just me? He seems to be, I mean, since that event in his house, he's, I know he's coming off a win, but he seems to be kind of up and down. You know, there seems to be some inconsistency there. Like before, I, I, I would have, I, I, going into this ride, I would have been like, Anthony Smith, absolutely. But lately, I mean, the, with the, he's been kind of up and down. I, I like Rand Spann in this one. Uh, Sean? Yeah, I would say um, same thing, man. Anthony Smith is either, when he fought John Jones, he looked like a world beater, man. Like he looked, I mean, John Jones beat him, but he looked amazing in that fight. Really gave him a great fight, and then you'll see him in his next fight. He looks terrible. Then he looks good again. He looks terrible. So I'd say Span at this point because he's just too uh, too inconsistent. Of course, I, I bet on that fight too. He was on he was on muscle relaxers for that fight. Um, yeah. John Jones. You want to you want to know how for sure you know I'm not watching UFC when the headliner says Span versus Smith. I'm like okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. I always hate when there's UFC event. It's like whatever smith versus thompson i'm like okay i don't know either one of those guys the best is when they used to have like hooker versus burns uh or like, <laughs> like just jokes that were just right there uh 
Also, Devin Clark's a guy who's like up and down against Ian Kudalaba, who's lost his last three fights. Uh, he's definitely due for a win. Remember, he was he guy was looking scary at one point. Jim Miller is fighting Nicholas Mata. Jim Miller is like got to be ninety years old, uh, but still could win this fight. But he's he's like in every fight, Jim Miller. Uh, Jim Miller was in the UFC before I was. I told you how long ago that was. Oh that, shit! Remember that Jim Miller fight where uh, Nate Diaz had him in a triangle and then started going like that and then won the fight. Remember that Jim Miller fight? He was like, he was. I remember the Nate Diaz fight. I watched it with like my dad, and um, I'm watching uh, <laughs> with my dad, and he was fighting Melvin Gillard, and Melvin Gillard was just like taking it to Nate Diaz. And then Nate Diaz just won with a uh, submission. Like, and my dad's like, wait, he gets to win the fight like that? <laughs> like, he, like, but he was getting ass kicked the whole time. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. It's like, yep, it ain't boxing. It's, it's not like boxing. <laughs> That's um, what Chael said after he fought Anderson Silva. Like, wait, so he gets to win just on that alone? That doesn't seem right. Yeah, he's like, I thought he won the round. That's what he said. Right. He that was a great excuse. He won the round. Um, <laughs> and then uh, also on this card, Joaquin Buckley, uh, he's a guy that – the, remember the guy caught his kick and he did that crazy highlight reel. Oh yeah, where he kind of like stepped out of it and knocked him out or kicked the shit out of him, or whatever. Yeah, he, kicked, he actually came to my comedy special with his coaches, and I asked his coaches during the show. I'm like, did you teach him that kick? They're like, we have no idea how he learned that kick. <laughs> like, uh. just like that's cause that's what you just kicks. took a chance. You just took a chance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe uh, he had a cheerleading background. Um. <laughs> He's like, I know what you, you hold You hold my foot, and I'll just lift right out of it. And then uh, Tony Gravely is taking on Nate Manus. And I think you, you say Mayanus. Because remember the guy was um, from Australia. <laughs> do, you, do you think that? Well, because the guy from Australia, who's that one guy, the announcer, really funny guy, he kept saying, my anus is hurt. My anus is hurt. Like, he just kept saying it. Like, my anus is coming back. Or my anus is on fire. Like, he just kept... It was one after another. <laughs> and so you think that, 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 that that's the right way to say it? Because he made 90 jokes in be. one day. You're like, oh, yeah, this is the way you say it. My anus. Oh, yeah, sure. He was like, he's really taking it to my anus. Like, he just over and yeah, over. Yeah, like, you can tell my anus is tightening up right now. He's wow. a little uncomfortable. You know? <laughs> my anus is tightening up. It's so stupid. I'll never laugh. I'll never cease to laugh at that. You said a couple weeks ago at some school board meeting, they basically did that. Oh, yeah. They, they pranked him with all the, you know, uh, uh, Phil McCracken yeah, and Mun Munch McCucci yeah, and like, all, all the good ones. How did that guy not know? But like, I mean, Ben Dover. I mean, at Ben Dover, you have to know something's up. Like, Dude, like, the yeah. funniest one ever is when that Asian airline crashed. Did you see that on the news? Yes. And the guy was like, it, <laughs> among the deceased were we too low. Like, holy fook. Oh, like, my God. Bow or something. It's the funniest yeah, thing. Yeah, that, that was so funny. I mean, beyond insane. Yeah, then they're like, uh, the guy's like, and they came back and they were like, oh, those were not the uh, correct names. <laughs> I would just love to be the person to tell him, hey, idiot, <laughs> those were not the correct names. <laughs> You can oh. tell that's why he's not like got a comedic bone in his body because the first when he read We Too Low, he'd be like, Yeah, no kidding. Like, would have immediately thought I would have immediately thought of a joke, but um, okay. some low. people aren't very funny. Well, not like Brendan Shaw. In like a plane crash accident? I mean, come on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, Emily Whitmire, she's an adorable girl. She's the one that called out, remember, she fought somebody and Vinnie Magalish 
train the girl against Rachel Ostevich, like train Ostevich. And she like called out the opposing team's coach for not training her after a fight. Like she's, she's a pretty badass chick. She's really sweet. She had one thing where she missed weight, but like there was a wounded pigeon on the way to the weigh-ins. So she like didn't go to the weigh-ins cause she like took care of a pigeon instead. <laughs> like, I think she smokes a lot of weed. Uh, she's taking on Hannah Goldie, who's like shredded. She's got like a OnlyFans, attractive girl. Um, I'm excited for this one. I mean, just because they're good fighters too. I was gonna say, it doesn't sound like you're excited for the fight. <laughs> <laughs> Did Hannah win last time? Like her last fight in the UFC? No, she, she lost. But she came in totally ripped and stacked and got beat up. Uh, yeah. yeah, I didn't see it, but I knew she fought. And then Raquel Pennington. I love Raquel. Me some She's Raquel back. Pennington. She's fighting Panny Kienzad, who uh, is from Sweden. She's one that butt bombed Jesse Jess. She also. She worked uh, as like a, a medical worker during COVID. It was going around as like, a, you know, in those van. what are they called? Uh, e as an EMT. So, uh, yeah. An ambulance worker? Yeah, I, as an EMT worker. He's like, you know, those white vans. I, I mean, <laughs> they go around in those vans, you know, they jump out and they blow you. And then, uh, yeah, you the know, bang what, are, what are they? Uh, bang bus, that's right. The bang bus. Dude, they should have an MMA bang bus. I mean, not really, but like, like fighters are just like rip up nerds. And anyway, so also this week in Bellator, same night, Phil Davis versus Joel Romero. I really Joel Romero's back. All right. I'm, I'm, they did. I thought they already fought. They didn't already fight. No, they're fighting this Saturday night in Bellator, uh, main event. I really hope Phil Davis wins. Uh, Phil Davis is awesome. I remember he came on the podcast and I told him about being a being a, a dad and how my daughter gets so upset when I leave. And then she said, Phil Davis told me oh, that she's the only person that gets upset when I leave. <laughs> I should appreciate that. <laughs> and then he texted me after that. He goes, Adam, I just want you to know, I get upset when you leave too. So Phil okay. Davis is a very sweet guy. And uh, I don't know, against Romero. How old is your old Romero? Like, Dude, he's got to be pretty old now. Jeez. How do you get a body like that at 80? I mean, how, how, do you look, how does he look like that? I mean, remember they, they said he was, like, taking steroids and he, and he actually sued the supplement company and won, like, $5 million or something? Uh, who wins this fight? Sean. Yeah, I'll go Phil Davis, man. I think Romero, um, his best days are behind him, despite how he looks physically. I think he's, he's what, like, 43 or 44 now, man. I think he's just, just too old now. So. Uh, and you know what? A little thing. Uh, Romero beat Phil Davis's wrestling coach, Kale Sanderson, Twice. Kale is arguably the best wrestler of all time from America, him and Dan Gable. So if Phil beats him, he'll beat the guy that beat his own coach, uh, which is pretty cool. Well, you know, I, and that's the thing. I just think Phil Davis is a little closer to being informed than Yoel is. I think it, it's just, yeah, yeah Phil Davis. I, I, I just think he's still a little bit more in practice. I mean, how long has it been since Yoel Romero fought? <laughs> but, I don't know. Uh, he, he just – the thing about him, though, is that he, uh, he might just stand there and not pull the trigger. But if he connects, it's lights out for anyone. That's the thing. And wrestling advantage you give to Romero. I know that Phil Davis is an NCAA champion, but Romero was like an Olympian. But this is MMA wrestling, and who knows? I mean – You know, man, I've got a picture with Phil Davis when we were in Las Vegas one time. And looking back at later on, I was like, man, I cannot believe he's that tall. I didn't think he was that big, you know. And then I looked down, and he's standing on his tiptoes. And I didn't know, so he looked like he's like 6'5 in the picture. I don't know why he did that. It was weird. We were taking a picture together. But, yeah, if you don't pay real close attention because the shadows are weird, it looks like he's like 6'5. I was like, looking back later, I was like, man, he's a huge 185, 205 pounder. But, yeah, it was uh, 
I love the Bellator style of picking fights, too. It's like there's a graveyard out the window, and they just look across the headstones. They're like, hey, is that guy still alive? And then they, uh, they pull him in. Also, Deanna Bennett, uh, who's awesome. Love Deanna. She's been on the show a bunch of times. Very awkward. Her post-fight interviews are very, very awkward. It's fighting Alejandra Lara, who's nine and four, who's smoking hot. Deanna looks good too, though. When she, uh, I say, not even when she doesn't get dressed up. When, you know, you know, you know. You guys know what I'm trying to say. Uh, good-looking girl. Um, Still so split decision to Kana Wanat with Wanatabi. Should be a good fight. I hope Deanna wins. Um, I like Deanna. Also, your boy, Greg. Georgie Karakanyan. Hey, Georgie! Is fighting Saul Rogers. Uh, Saul Rogers from England. He lost to Maz Burnell. Um, he, he, he lost to Daniel Weichel. I'm picking uh, Karakanyan for this one. I think Georgie's going to win. You? I mean, I'm obviously going to pick Georgie. I don't even know this Saul Rogers. I mean, Karakanyan, I mean, look at this guy's record. 31 and 11. Yeah. I mean... He, he, he's got so many wins in there, but was never able to put it together in a streak that led to the, the promised land, yeah. you know, and, and it sucks. And, and I, I would hope that, you know, he rolls right through this Saul Rogers and hopefully puts this streak together because he's been around a long time. He's an excellent fighter and he deserves the opportunity. Also a guy from Colorado came to my show. Nice guy, Grant Neal, who's 6-0, and uh, coming off a little retiree fortune, a guy that they should be pushing or not. I don't know why. He's fighting Alex Palizzi. Um, Alex Palizzi is from, his name is Easy Palizzi. Uh, he's, uh, the guy's also pretty, really good. He has a win over Rafael Cavajo. Yeah, some good fights this weekend. And then um, also Ryzen, good fights in Ryzen as well. Uh, who, who's fighting in Ryzen? Ryzen FF, a bunch of other uh, fighters that are, you know, if you're big MMA nerds, you don't know who these guys are. Uh, in Kai Asukara. And also, uh, I, I just look. I just put in Ryzen to try and follow this. <laughs> the first thing goes Ryzen Men's Hair Growth Solution. Yeah, that too. Uh, uh, so yeah, uh, Takafumi Otsuka is, is fighting. Um, so yeah, some good some good fights coming up. Uh, Greg, what do we have coming up? Uh, coming up next weekend. This weekend, I'm just going to some concerts. Oh, by the way, last weekend I went to the Hell of Mega Tour. With Green Day and and uh, Fall Out Boy and Weezer, fucking fan. no all killer, no filler, no bands that you don't know the songs to. All fucking rock stars. Weezer opens the show, and that's thing we thought because it started like five thirty. We're like, surely Weezer doesn't go on at five thirty. There's got to be some local band they're throwing five thirty. Nope, Weezer went on at five thirty, but they were fucking fantastic. You forget how well you know those songs. Then fucking. Fallout Boy was fun. I love big anthem rock, big arena anthem rock. They fucking killed that shit. And then, of course, Green Day just fucking rocked the fuck out of it. It was an amazing show. It was a balls out time. Good for you. But this weekend, that. I'm going to Beach Life Festival because uh, they got uh, James Addiction is headlining on Friday night. And I forgot somebody else super awesome is headlining on Saturday night. So that's what I'm doing. But then the following weekend, there's a brand new comedy club opening in Bakersfield. It's called The Laughing Stock. And I will be the, uh, the premier opening weekend headliner at The Laughing Stock Comedy Club in Bakersfield. So be sure and uh, check that out. I love it. Love it. Sean, you? Uh, I've got nothing going on because I won't get vaccinated. So I was going to go to Germany a week from today. 
Uh, I'm not going because you have to be vaccinated to get in there now, so uh, I refuse to do it. Well, you push um, so I'm not getting my Wait a minute, so you put 10 different steroids in your body, but you won't <laughs> take a vaccine to go to fucking your... Okay, oh, hey, listen, listen, please, you make, it makes so much sense. Hey, Sean, it's not for fear of the vaccine. I just am not going to let anybody tell me what to do. So, Sean, listen, uh, you were going to go to Germany because you needed fusion on your back, right? Uh, just that, and I was going to get that Regenikine treatment again. Okay, listen. That's way more important for you right now. You take take the shot. And Nothing's you- more important than my pride. Yeah, yes, it is, bro. Well, no, no, I, I can see him really. You know what? You should make it a point of pride to take the shot. I will, I will die before I take a vaccine just because they're trying to push it so hard. Sorry. Like, I don't wear my seatbelt ever because they try to make it a law. And I'm not endangering anybody when I don't wear my seatbelt by myself. So, by the way, they do my did- windshield at 70 miles an hour. That'll show them. They didn't try to make it a law. They they made it a law. Yeah, not for me. They didn't. Of course, John, I paid like eighteen seatbelts. John, John you were in so much pain in your back, and this thing in Germany is going to help you, right? Yep. Just fucking get the thing. It, it's a come on. No chance. You would rather be in pain? Yes, I'd rather die than take the shot because they're trying to. If, if it was optional, I may have already taken it by now. Like, but you're not gonna you're not gonna make me do anything. Like, they're not gonna force me to do anything. Like, don't, you do want to not be in, don't you want to like, be able to like run again? Uh, not if it means that I have to take a vaccination under being forced to. No, okay. I'm pretty stubborn, man. Like, I actually like let someone it's in. Not, but no just, one's for Listen, if they were forcing you to, you'd have it. It's a choice. Uh, no, they can't. They're just saying, hey, if you could make this choice, you know, make the choice and then you can do whatever you want. I mean, well, it's still a choice. I understand your argument, Sean. I, I don't agree with it, but I understand it. I hear where you're coming from. But. You're in so much pain to the point where, like, you were taking 30 pills a day. Like, there are days that you're, like, on your back doing the podcast. Like, you can't move. And going to Germany is going to help you, correct? Should, yeah. So then just get the vaccine. No chance. <laughs> Dude, no. I, I, got, I got choked in a jujitsu class one time for 12 minutes straight and passed out four different times and recovered because I was too prideful to tap. Like, well, at uh, least I'm we now to, uh, know. At least now we know where the thinking comes from. <laughs> exactly, where rationale come from. But uh, yeah, I know. Yeah, but I, don't I fought for an entire no, fight with a sword just because I wouldn't have. Like I'm, I'm not good. Yeah, but you know what? Hey, you know what? I believe in total body sovereignty. And you know what? You don't want to do it. You don't want to do it. You rather know, but I don't want him also like not be able to like move. Then that's why. Listen, he he he's making his choice. And God bless you. That's your choice. I, there you go. Genuinely would rather be in a wheelchair than take the vaccine because they're trying to force it so hard. Well, genuinely, you probably will be. But, but it's but okay. It's Sean, who are you Sean, who are you winning, though, right now? You're the one in the wheelchair. How are you winning? No, I'm not winning. I just am not going to let them tell me what to do. I, I, I get it. But that's like sometimes like you have. OK, let's say like you don't believe. No, but Adam, Adam, come on. Come on. Okay, let's say you don't believe. Stop, stop, You don't, you stop. don't believe in traffic lights, right? You don't believe in traffic lights. You're like, I don't want anyone telling me when I can or whatever. There's a kid walking in the street. Like, you have to save him. Uh, this is a bad analogy. I don't know where I'm going. Uh, that's why I asked you to stop. There's no point to it, man. It's okay. He's allowed to. He wants to. I know, but I don't want to. I know sometimes you have to do things for your own selfishness because you need to get better and say, fuck it, okay, I got the vaccine, all right, I get it, but now I'm healthier. But now, the, 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 the they point made it is- so I couldn't buy food because I had to get, if it less had a vaccine, I'll die of starvation. Like I'm not, uh, they're not making, I'm not doing it, no matter what, no matter what. Exactly, so let him, 
You know what I mean? Exactly. What about I mean, it has like, to come to about, a point where it's like, okay, I will make the choice, and then I'll make the choice. Yeah, but, but there's what nothing about, you so or I can your, ever say. Song, what about your girlfriend and your kids and your friends and all that? They're not going to do that. I know, but they don't want to see you die of starvation. They, they, uh, they first of all, his girlfriend is only allowed out of her box for two to three hours a day. She ain't going to contract nothing. All right. I mean, but people need you. We, we, we need you around. Yeah, but no, I mean, there's, there's worse things that can happen to you than dying. So, like what? That's the way I look I'm going to go on record and say that that's not true. <laughs> like, what's worse that could happen to you than dying? Like, when the Nazis were taking over Germany, would you have rather fought back and died or went to a concentration camp and lived? I would have fought back and died. That's how I am. So I'm fighting but back. Fight, but I'm choosing fighting back. See, you're saying that death is the automatic choice there. I'm fighting back in hopes of living. Yeah. Right. Instead right. of exactly. saying I'm fighting I choose back in hopes of living. Right. I'm choosing and I'm to refusing to back. take the vaccine, hoping that a lot of other people wake up and do this too. And then they, if it's my body, my choice, it should be that on everything, not just on abortion and killing babies. It should be, if I don't want to take a vaccine, if you want, I, I encourage anyone that wants it to take it. I don't think it's a conspiracy to make you sick or stare or whatever. I personally don't, the risks don't, the benefits don't outweigh the risks at this point for me. And I don't trust it because of how hard they're pushing it because the government doesn't care if we live or die. So there's, there's a reason behind, I don't know what it is. I don't pretend to be smart enough. Well, there's the a reason, reason to push reason it. Is so. everything. It's money. And the only way to yeah. get people back to work and get the money going is to fucking vaccinate. That's what it's about. It's just about money. It ain't about, you know, putting my it, it's just I understand, money. Son, but I just think that I'd rather not see you in pain. I know. No, me too. But like I said, I would literally rather die for, like I'm not, there's certain things I won't compromise on no matter what. And that's one of them. You're not going to tell me that I personally have to put something that's untested in my body because I'm a, just to be like one of the people or one of the crowd. Like I won't do it. Like I won't. Until know, people, sorry, if, if I had a job that paid a hundred million dollars a year and I got fired for, if I had a vaccine, I wouldn't get it. I would lose the job. Like, I, and to be like, clear, you are, you are pro-choice then. Um, for what? Abortion. Uh, no, for abortion, I think, um, well, it depends. For abortion, I think hey, I rape, rape and incest you and things like that. You just said you believe in total body sovereignty, not just for this, but for abortion. You just said yeah, that. Okay, so let me ask you a question, Greg. If someone's nine months pregnant, should they be able to kill the baby? Listen, I, I, I'm not I'm, I, it's not up to me. It's, oh, up to her. Wait, it's her choice. No, no, no. I believe in total body sovereignty. It's not up to me. I'm not the pregnant one. That's up do to her. Think, that's her that choice. A woman who's in labor that's her choice. Pregnant, if you're in labor that's and you're not pregnant, should she be able to kill the baby? I don't think it's up to me. I don't think I get to decide. I'm not the one that's pregnant. Who knows what the situations are behind that nine month decision? That's up to her. Right. That's between her and her baby. doctor. That's so between her and her doctor. Wait, what are you saying? You're saying kill the baby. I mean, no, no, no. That's between her and her doctor. I'm staying out of it. Total body her her if you're going to say total body sovereignty, you got to believe it. Her, by her, and her, her up to her and her doctor until when? Until the baby's born? Not by decision. It's, yeah, until the baby's born. That is between her and the doctor. Why, why are you telling her what she can do with her baby? I'm not telling her what she can do with her baby. I'm saying she can make a decision about her body, but not me. Why, why can't she kill the baby one minute after it's born? Well, it's still attached to the umbilical cord. Because now it's a person. It wasn't a person before? No, now it was, before it was tissue in her body. So if they're born at seven months, they're not a person? No, if they're born, if they're born, they're born. We're talking about the unborn, born. That's it. And again, but it's not a, per, it's not not a person until it comes out of the body? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what are you going to tell yourself? 
Listen, whatever you got to tell yourself. I mean, you know, you're saying total body sovereignty for you, but not no, for her. You said total body sovereignty. I said sovereignty over my body. I don't have a baby in my body. I'll be at the Minnesota House of Comedy uh, next week. <laughs> <laughs> I love you anyway, guys. I love you too, buddy. I love you too. And all these semantics, everybody's got to make their own choice is that we can have these conversations and we do love each other. And, it's important and remember, I support your decision. I'm right. the one supporting you here. I'm the yeah. one saying, I agree with you. You don't want to, you would rather be, that's you. That's, I, you know, that's total record, body sovereignty. I, record, I, I'm all for total body sovereignty as well. Uh, and I'll be at the Minnesota House of Comedy next week, uh, this, uh, the 16th to 20th. Also, He's gonna be doing 45 minutes on all total body sovereignty. Also, people, <laughs> People always Which say, will hey, still be better than a Brendan Shopson. Okay, so people always ask me, by the way, <laughs> if you're watching this, they say, Adam, how come you're only getting, you know, the pocket for thousands of hits on YouTube? And we're supposed to get a lot more hits on Spotify, yada, yada. But I'm pretty sure we're shadow banned on YouTube because of the comments, car races like this and Don Fry. <laughs> so, which means that they don't show up in other people's boxes. So, if you're watching this and you want people to watch it, post it on Reddit. Post it on this. Okay, we need you, the fans, to fucking help us out because we also have lives. So uh, that's one of the reasons, I think, that we don't show up because of uh, conversation. Because we don't give a fuck. We're just, we talk about whatever we want to talk about. And I think that's what makes it beautiful. Um, thank you, Sean. Uh, thank you, Greg. You guys are the best. Good to see you guys, man. Love you guys. Love you talk guys. soon. Bye-bye.